millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to the Creep Dive. <laughs> Sorry. That's the tune we used to sing. Do you remember when we used to harmonize? Oh, we do it. The Creep Dive. Awful. Do you know what that sounds? You know, brown noise. <laughs> the Creep Dive just what? feels like we she make Jen heard... sit in a room with two people she doesn't like that much <laughs> every week. That's not <laughs> all the case. So it's ridiculous. It's the best time of the week. Um, do brown noise. It's a, t- it's a, it's it's a frequency that apparently makes you shit yourself. Oh, I have heard this. I should yeah. find it and put it in this yeah, episode. Yeah, it's like the brown tone, isn't it? It's an uh, like yeah, it's a frequency. Yeah, that's noise. it. Um, but I think it's been disproven. Do we have any um, house creeping up top or uh, creep? Many thanks to the lovely new patrons that have come along. If you're listening and you're hovering, or you'd like to take a patronage you're- from someone else and give it to us, we support that. Yeah, we do. On the Go cancel your us. other patrons and come on over here. There's some. We've just recorded. Actually, it's good to record our patron only episode first because now we can tease it in this one. People, are, it's so annoying. To be, I know it is annoying. It got intimate. Uh, there was porn. People cried. Uh, yeah. It was. There was fights. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but it's good. Well, we went. We were all on a journey of self discovery. Yeah, which was, was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, we were we're here together this is great it's so great we have a guest this week 
Coming up later, Shauna from sexshopper.ie is joining us with Shauna, haunted dildos. You might remember so excited about a story we told about a returned or dildo or somebody was trying to return a dildo that they had been gifted. Yeah, yeah. Fucking brilliant. So we're going to go Very good story. be able to get the, the, to, the actual spill on that. Sean is the, a long time listener and a big fan of the Creep Dive and has talked to us a lot about wanting to come on and tell a creepy story. So we thought, what better way to celebrate Valentine's yeah. Day yeah. than to bring in sexshopper.ie and to tell creepy I really hope really excited. love stories. Okay, are you really hoping that she's got vibrators for us? I doubt she has, <laughs> but I would welcome that. I, but but like I buy, I pay, I want it. I'll give her the money. I just want her to like come in a trench, open one side of it, <laughs> yeah, and, and just, just have like a beautiful selection of vibes that I can be like. Hmm. I'm very nervous about this episode because um, my mother listens, and um, I don't know anything about vibrators, so I'm going to learn loads and uh, learn all about the pegging's more your thing, huh? Oh Jesus, <laughs> it's not at all. <laughs> I pegging was such an eye All I do me. is I only just learned about it there from that from Ashton Keenan's uh, the private education. Welcome. I hope everyone's <clears throat> listening to this on a lovely Saturday morning <laughs> and have just heard. I hope Jen you're sitting talking. down with your kids right now, guys, and just yeah, having just a nice little family time. Here's holding little, the hands of those you love. A bit of information relating to our raw sausage. Um, oh stuff. yes. So I was doing a bit of googling. I was like, is it safe? Because many. Three people got in touch to say that this is something they did as children, that their mothers fed them the raw sausage. I saw that girl, yeah, who was like, oh, yeah, we used to just kind of snack on the raw ones while the other ones were cooking. What? A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people said that they were fed raw sausages. That's wrong, guys. That's just not, you should <laughs> not eat raw meat. Confirmed. I feel like there's so much fat in them that it'd be fine. No, no. it's not fine. Uh-oh. Do not do it. Unless it's like a steak ta-ta. I find this Reddit thread. Uh, some guy, right? It's the, you know, the no stupid questions section? Yes. yes. Gold, can be gold. Absolutely gold. Uh, no stupid questions. My favourite is the am I the asshole if? Oh, <laughs> <there's> so <laughs> Another yes. wealth yeah. of frightening. Fr- did you, of assholes. Did you read the one about the, 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 the pregnancy? We yeah. should cover that next week. That was very scary. Anyway, uh, here's the question. I just accidentally ate a whole raw sausage. Am I going to be okay? <laughs> Answers. Uh, someone was like, okay, how did this happen? He answers, fully raw. I'm sure of it. Uh, the how isn't important now. It's a little embarrassing, but I just want to know if there's anything I can do to reduce my chances of getting sick. Someone else responds, how do you feel? He responds a few hours later, I slept through the night. Next response, uh, do you trust the source it came from? Was it fresh? He responds, I think it was from Tesco's finest or Sainsbury's Taste the Difference range. So I hope so. <laughs> not spawn. <laughs> Response, I'm not really sure. I'm not a doctor, but I think you'll be okay. Maybe just light food poisoning. <laughs> Response, as long as I don't die, I don't mind a day or two off work. Someone else, crucial question. How do you accidentally <laughs> I know, eat I re- really a raw really sausage? How can you not tell it's raw before finishing it? Yeah, well, remember me in the rasher, though. He responds, I was very keen to eat. <laughs> and I did eventually notice that it was raw before I discarded the other one. Okay. So, odds are you'll be okay. Raw meat doesn't automatically make you sick. If you make it through the night, you should be fine, right? Isn't it just partially cooked meat raw, that the problem in, is? That's what the next question. Raw is in not cooked through the whole way or raw like you took it out of the package in the fridge and rammed it into your mouth? He said... Raw as in raw. <laughs> oh, wow. Didn't you not notice the texture and feel? He said, I... Uh, 
He said, I did and notice. The color and the look of it. Uh, and the flappiness. Yeah. A little flaccid I, sausage. And the taste. This is the worst sausage I've ever had. He did notice, but he was more than halfway through at the time and he thought it would be wasteful look, to throw the rest away. So anyway, bottom line here is don't eat it. There's lots of bacteria in raw meat. There's some You can get food poisoning. It's not a good idea. Ringworm is a thing you could get to. Oh my God, gross. I once had a, I had a business plan to sell uh, tapeworms as kind That's of a it. weight loss. Like Slim Fast. Because do you remember the old <laughs> thing about Slim Fast? It used to turn into worms in your belly and eat the fat so, and then you shat out so the worms and all worms as well. So can grow till 20 feet long. Jesus Christ. And uh, so they can kind of take up your whole, uh, I think they live in your uh, upper intestine. intestine rather than lower. And you sh- uh, you know how worms can, as we've talked about before. It's a great theory. They eat the fat, kind of, you shit them out. You shit out eggs, basically. No, no flaws those in the plan eggs whatsoever. That go on to infect other people. But uh, the old thing about Slimfast was, and that, this is like kind of a tapeworm uh, rumour that used to then, how they'd get the tapeworm out of you is you'd starve yourself for a couple of days. They would put a bit of food on the end of your tongue and the fucking worm would crawl out your mouth oh, by which time oh. you grabbed it. <laughs> And then round it round a stick and it would come up. I, I don't think, I can't see that working at all. But they do that. <laughs> there is a worm that they do that, that that goes in through your foot. I think it's in Africa. I must look into that actually. It goes under your toenail, doesn't it? I think it can get, yeah. But they, do you know we, those they, other ones that can go up your piss stream? That's right. Yeah. They're terrifying. Not only that, but when it gets up there, it, it it's, its back barbs behave like an umbrella. So they... They oh, kind of yeah. open like an umbrella and that so you keeps them, them in out. place. Yeah. yeah, fascinating. You did show us that great video once of the worm being pulled out of the child's nose. Oh yeah, that's another one. I wonder what that was. Don't know, but it was long. Um, I yeah, I remember yeah. that slim fast rumour. Very gas. Anyway, that's my creep of the week. Uh, raw sausage. Don't eat the raw sausage. Like totally ridiculous that people are p- feeding their children raw sausages. One time when I was... <laughs> um, called Tuzla. Tuzla? <laughs> Whatever. Too slack. Too coming after you. Um, one time when I was at an age of drinking age, because I was going to London and I was going with my older brother, Owen, who listens to this podcast, and he dared me to eat a piece, like a tiny piece of raw chicken. And he said, if I ate the piece of raw chicken, he would pay for all of my drinks when we went to London. And I ate it and he did. Did you get sick? No. Ugh. I ate it. I got sick from all the drinks he bought me in London. <laughs> Not yeah. from the raw chicken. There you have it. Salmonella. Didn't get salmonella. It was you fine. You don't always. It's like partially cooked meat. Obviously, you're not supposed to eat raw meat. It's disgusting. I'm now a vegetarian, just to clarify. But um, the yeah, no, you're fine. Don't eat raw meat, though. Don't eat meat anyway. Sophie, you're next. I've, you all know I've eaten raw meat. Buzzfeed. <laughs> okay, Buzzfeed headline. God, it's so much time to think of one there. <laughs> um, it's. The sound is coming from inside the... It's our most used BuzzFeed headline. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... Uh, you're looking at me from inspiration. I have I know, no like, idea what your story you is. Why aren't you supplying any ideas? Sorry, I'm going to cut this bit while I, I have feel a little like thing. It's an eating of, of a person. There's a food... Okay, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Don't use your head to beat other people's heads. Ooh. Yeah. Which oh. head now? Yeah. Top one. Okay. Just that's good. I mean, or bottom. Bottom seems fine as long as it's consensual. 
Um, just kind of slapping just someone. slapping your flaccid face. You sla- your flaccid sausage in someone's yeah. face. Eat it! Ugh. Eat it! Oh my god, gross. <laughs> Daphne, don't eat that. Okay, so uh, this creep uh, was inspired by the Aaron Hernandez doc that's on Netflix at the moment. Anyone seen it yet? I no. tried to watch it. It was really boring. Are you serious? Ooh. I absolutely loved it. Okay. First step, a little bit slow. I will give you. Okay. Did you so, get to the second? No, I don't think so. I mean, who has the time? There's so much quality programming, but I did stick and with it and really liked it. So basically, Aaron Hernandez was like a big um, NFL football player, um, hugely successful until he um, murdered uh, his girlfriend's sister's fiance like in cold blood his girlfriend's sister's fiance okay yeah Yeah. so if you can imagine they were both dating sisters okay and uh he um in his trial and stuff like that a lot of talk came out about the recurring concussions yes of course is rife in american football rug uh i'm gonna make some enemies here but like rugby uh, well, of course, it's Gaelic, a, any kind of any contact sport. Hurling, I think it's big. Yeah, like well, there's definitely um, the yeah. journals. Um, you know, their investigative crowdfunding series. They are Newsworthy. trying to raise money. Noteworthy. Noteworthy. Uh, they're trying to raise funding for a an investigation into the GAA on it. Really? Because it's actually fucking terrifying what it does to the human brain. So Aaron Hernandez, basically part of his um, defense was chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Okay. CTE. And so encephalopathy kind of refers to like inflammation of the brain. And it's just years of untreated concussions mangling your head. Mangling your brain inside your head. Having huge connotations for everything about yourself. Everything about your behavior, your emotional state. Your mental health, your physical health. Well, if and it's your brain, it can span anything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's um, so. Anyway, I, Hernandez's story is really interesting. I do think I recommend the doc, but I was interested in talking about this guy who was a former world wrestling champion, like a la Hulk Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon. And was anyone into wrestling? Well, Back in the no. day, not really. Do you mean that's why I knew all of those friend, people? Yeah. was mad into WWF. I did narrate a documentary about um, amateur wrestling. What? It's on YouTube. It's called Pinfall. Oh, amazing! You know yeah. about it then? No, I just read the script. Oh. <laughs> Irish wrestling? No, it's in the UK. Wow. So. Basically, I practically had to like go and find out what wrestling really was because as much as I sort of knew all about the pageantry and the storylines, I kind of didn't really know like quite was it a sport or not. And basically, um, they had uh, Vince McMahon, who's kind of like the head honcho of world wrestling, and he owns like nearly 50 percent of the kind of world wrestling entertainment company. Um he had it listed as like sports entertainment, crucially, so yeah. that all the athletes involved in wrestling wouldn't have to conform to any kind of of the drug laws. Right. So they can all right. juice up on the roids. Get fucking buff and high and fight Get each other. Absolutely out of their minds and make sure they are fucking 
killing machines while they're at it. Like what we so, do after this podcast is recorded. Yeah. Just get high and buff and fight each other. <laughs> Before or after we watch lesbian pornography. It's uh, just, oh, that use, feels like a precursor. Down. Okay, really? yeah. oh, I would say the wine down. <laughs> the precursor. We have different sexual styles, Kathy. Um, so anyway, um, so and I never knew what the kind of where did the performance begin and the sport end and what was real and what wasn't because you know you'd always see them like standing up on the ropes at the side of the circle and like body slamming each other. Yeah fucking chairs across each other's heads Mm -hmm. and like flipping each other over and out of the ring and obviously there is like in the championships and leagues of wrestling anyone who really knows is like Sophie Jesus but basically it's all kind of highly engineered about who's going to climb the ranks and who's going to be a champion and it's all about paying dancing what like a ballet that's no, I mean like who wins the titles. Oh, sorry, yeah, and yeah. who becomes okay. a success. So that's all predetermined. So you'd virtually go to a fight knowing, okay, I'm losing this fight or I'm going to win this fight. Yes, and there'd be all these storylines. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was great backstories. There's always backstories and stuff like that. But basically, it is still highly physical, even though they were kind of the almost theater kids of the jocks in that they're all acting and posing and like there's so much flamboyance and kind of smack talk and things like that. But they also worked out. Really full-time job, like nine, you know, like nine hours a day of body stuff, conditioning, Mm. working like 300 days a year, so much travel. It's a humongous business. So these guys are under a lot of pressure is basically what I'm saying. That's not to excuse what I'm about to tell you about, which is a guy called Chris Benoit, who was Canadian mm-hmm. originally and uh, was known uh, by the slightly problematic nickname, his not ours, as, uh, you know, the Canadian Crippler. And <laughs> he, not condoning. <laughs> and Still funny. He got into wrestling from a pretty young age, uh, like, just kind of his family knew another family who were like kind of big into wrestling and he just kind of was taken under the wing of this family they were called the Hart family and uh, they were like you know he's really got what it takes to like really go far in this world it's a sort of very strange world like when I kind of was getting into it I was like god it's just so mad like there's so much money there's so much kind of potential for success mm-hmm. but like I mean are you respected by anyone I don't know again wrestling yeah, like fans kind of slightly like, outside of the competitive wrestling community and slightly, slightly outside, outside of the of acting, community. acting community you're just kind of falling between the two like one of the wrestlers I was listening to a wrestler podcast by this wrestler called Jericho trying to get a handle on shit and he was like if you win say the kind of WWE championship that's like winning an Oscar it's kind of okay. like acknowledged oh. that you're like I mean they are still like very technically good athletes but like but it's about the story yeah, it's as about well. the story so anyway Benoit he's just started kind of climbing the ranks and like getting a real reputation is for himself is this the Crippler? yeah the uh, Canadian Crippler and uh, he it's so interesting because it's all like I'm trying to explain like 
he like was basically a member, for example, of a group called the Four Horsemen in the mid 90s. And they'd like all kind of fight with each other. But then there'd all be like these weird infight dynamics. And like, it's just kind of, you know, it's just weird how the storylines mingled with real life. So, for example, right, Chris Benoit, the Canadian crippler, had had a wife and a child. um, And then uh, his like wrestling storyline for one season was that he was um, supposed to be having a feud with this guy called Sullivan. And um, the rumour was that Benoit was having an affair with Sullivan's real life wife known as Nancy. And she worked as one of the women who'd kind of like be in the ring and kind of like, you know, bigging up the crowd and stuff. She wasn't a female wrestler, but she was kind of involved. Did she sort of like... It's called on-screen valet. So I think it's kind of like, she's just part of the performance. Yeah. So they were supposed to be having a fake affair for the fake feud. But but then they just had an affair. And like, because as a part of the fake feud, they had to like do real life things, like spend time together. And book in and hold hands and book hotel rooms together. And you're like, guys, I didn't want to. Sorry, can I ask? What is was the that, need for this? It, it was just that was being filmed and by the W, not like paparazzi. I mean, no, it didn't have any yeah. external. I don't think so. Draw. I think okay. it is just filmed by the in house kind of productions, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess. And if you watch these shows, they're hours long and like there is loads of this kind of stuff Do you know going what fascinates on. Me about it's so them? bizarre. That it's such a kind of, you would think just looking in that it would be this kind of classic macho world. But once you peel back a few layers, you're like, oh, sorry, this is home and away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, what, that's what's interesting. You're like, oh, we're all the same after all. I know. And I can see the kind of draw of it because sport is boring, but affairs. Not that. (laughs) So anyway, him and Nancy got together and then got married and had a kid themselves. And um, like, I suppose that might have been a bit of walks in the wrestling community. (laughs) Um, But uh, like, they all moved on. Chris Benoit continued to be extremely successful. It was said of him later that he might have at one point in his career been like one of the top three in the world. Oh, wow. Like, that he, and like, again, I suppose like we're kind of t- taking Jericho's word on that because we don't know what a really amazing wrestler looks like. But he just said that he had like, like serious, like technical chops. And, and the thing is with these guys, like they're stuntmen and they are gymnastics people almost because you know when they do those kind of like you know the one have you ever seen them when they pick them up and like just drop them straight on their head yeah like to do that that safely it sounds very sexual now but (laughs) we used to pile drive each other as children okay let's (laughs) never say that sentence again but in context of wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it was the thing we used to to, yeah we used to play wrestling all the time a 300 pound man is pile driving you like to do that safely does require a lot of kind of technique and finesse and yeah. that so they are they and they're for real fucking huge and strong anyway the roids really started getting to Benoit Chris Benoit like mm-hmm. he'd been in the industry for like nearly 20 years Jesus. My, by the early 2000s top top of his game and uh, married to Nancy their son Daniel was by now about seven and like they had a massive pile do you know kind of McMansion McMansion. Yeah. <laughs> Loads of cash. He was working all the time 
And like, it was definitely, he'd lost a few friends. That's the other thing. There's a high mortality rate among wrestlers because they- The drugs, Because of the drugs, their heart can't literally power this machine of a body they've built up. So that's interesting. If that's kind of lowering your life expectancy, Mm. if you were suffering from, what's the uh, acronym again? It's ECT. ECT, then maybe you wouldn't live long enough to really see the The consequences of that. That's a really good point. Yeah. And what it does to the brain is it like almost, uh, yeah, like kind of accelerates the degeneration of the brain. Uh, So totally good point. These guys were dying in their early 30s, mid 30s of like heart attacks and just their hearts giving out basically. And uh, so Benoit was having, Chris Benoit was having a very tough time losing Mm -hmm. a lot of his friends. And again, like you say, where you're like all these guys, they're really like tough, like vicious, Lots of them are kind of cast as villains in their perspective yeah. roles and characters. But then there's like a real community feel with among them all where they like. So at one point in like 2003, Chris Benoit attacked his wife, Nancy. And like, imagine oh having God. that coming down Jesus. on you. Basically somebody who's day like the their 24-7 life is honing this body. He must have body. killed her. Did he kill her? Um no, he didn't. She, he was a real screamer, apparently. Like, be just screaming, losing his mind in rages, like fucking things around the place. When um, this one incident that kind of led to them briefly splitting up, he'd pushed her in the kitchen. And they had this whole like contingent of wrestlers, like, I don't know exactly who was in the contingent, but like I'm picturing Stone Cold Steve Austin and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Hulk, Hulk coming over to give like pep talks to Nancy and then pep talks to Chris. Oh, Chris is really sorry. Well, I guess if she was part of the storyline, it possibly didn't work if she just disappeared. I mean, it was in everyone's interest that they kept the fucking train on the track. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could like just write into the storyline whatever they wanted about their splitting up. Or they just cared about her. (laughs) would just be like this was domestic abuse and I'm sure they wouldn't want to touch it with a 10 foot barge pole but they did I think care like oh they do care as a community I suppose because they travel so much together they look after each other they're very entwined in each other's lives maybe they should have taken him the fuck away from her yeah I think that they were kind of appealing to both sides and they did get back together and I think Nancy's sense at the time was like he's really suffering because he's just lost three friends in the space of a year and a half and she gave him a journal to kind of help process his feelings around that and uh Journal. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't. I know it's really bad to just be picturing this like giant man hunched it's over like a tiny, like maybe s- a scented paper, scented paper with the little padlock on the outside. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he was writing his feelings in it, and some of his feelings were a bit creepy and ominous, like, such as "quote I'll be with you soon" in a letter to one of his dead friends that he was oh writing dear. in his journal. Things were definitely deteriorating. How do we know in his, about his journal? Oh, it was found later. Oh. oh. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was becoming really swamped by paranoia, which is like very drug related driven. Okay. Yeah. Like things like uh, his sister-in-law later said that uh, he devised 30 separate routes to the gym so that following they him. couldn't track his movements, whoever they were. Do you know the kind of side effects of steroids other than? 
The Uncontrollable rages we okay. would be a big ro- roid rage is a real kind of acknowledged thing, and that's a testosterone. Yeah, um, and it's just like imbalance. you're f- fucking with your hormones and things like and that. The, yeah, loads of energy. Scouts on scouts on steroids at the moment. Yeah, and she's just well, it doesn't look like it now because she's asleep, but <laughs> she's full of energy. She's full of. It. She missed her steroids this morning actually because she went on a holiday to her granny's house. But steroid short term um, use are extremely beneficial, but crucially, it has to be short term. So yeah. If yeah. You, you have an infection. Or and you like need your body to like speed uh, repair. Exactly. But I think these this is obviously it's this a different is chronic form of steroid use. And it must be a different type of anabolic steroid rather than yeah. what the kind of therapeutic steroid well, I, that I don't a doctor know. would yeah, prescribe. Yeah, I must look into it. I mean, also, it is yeah, it's probably they're using them in un, um, unprescribed mm. ways. Mm. Um, so uh, basically flip forward to like 2007 so we're just after like they've gotten back together Nancy and Chris but he's like getting very paranoid also getting quite religious okay part Sh- of the, that would kind of lend itself in the paranoia thing would <laughs> yeah. you, don't you think yeah. sort of I can see like he definitely seemed to be suffering from depression and it, I can definitely see like you, you know you latch to things when you're like really struggling in your head and it definitely feels like things were getting very chaotic in mm. his mind so basically one weekend in the middle of the summer of 2007, he had a packed schedule for this weekend. So he had a massive event on the Saturday, mm-hmm. massive event on the Sunday. And he was due to win a title at the event on the Sunday because they this is how their career is. They know that. And so things started going a bit awry when he called in to cancel his Saturday event. Okay. And he was like... Very unlike him, presumably. <laughs> Very unlike him, unlike anyone in that community, probably like the money that's riding on these individual appearances. Do we have a net net, net worth value for him? It's fucking huge, I'm sure. What year is this again? Well, 2007. Oh, he's probably 100 million dollars or some shit. I mean, yeah, we could definitely get a read on. 2007. Say, for example, like the whole income of the WWE is like a hundred million a year. So he probably. (laughs) It's probably not (laughs) Not like quite that much, but but it's interesting. Pretty good machine. And so they were like, "Okay, Chris. Yeah, of course. Right." He was like, "Nancy and Daniel are really sick. They've got food poisoning, and that's what that's the wife and his child. Yeah. And he's like, and I can't come. I need to stay with them." Nancy's vomiting up blood. Oh, for God's sake. And they were like, okay, okay, grand. So the kind of weekend progressed. Um, nobody checking in? Nobody checking in. Then a few kind of weird text messages started going out. Um, just the same line over and over. Which was? My physical address is 133 Meadow Lane, Biofield, Georgia. What the fuck? My physical address is 133 Meadow Lane, Biofield, Georgia. All through the night, Saturday into Sunday. Physical. Yeah, my physical address is. And so it was coming from his phone and from Nancy's phone to people like her sister, friends in the wrestling community, all weird, all waking up Sunday morning to all these weird messages, same line. One deviation from that line was the dogs are in the house by the pool. So everyone's fucking dead is what I've gone to in my mind. What was every and did they rally their troops? So on the Sunday, he cancels the main event. No, okay, unheard of. Unheard of. Finished a phone call with his friend saying, "I love you." Unheard of. <laughs> and so at this stage, 
the wrestling federation started to kind of be like, oh, maybe we'll try and get the police to do a wellness check. Yeah. And uh, still Sunday. Is that what it's called? A welfare yeah. check. Sorry. Well, still You're Sunday. You're getting caught up in late our, Sunday. In the current trend. Yes. How are you feeling? <laughs> well, are you well enough? Are they going to do a self-care check? I could be weller. I could definitely be weller. Um, so anyway, um, they, instead of going out there themselves, just got the neighbour to pop in to give the neighbour that treat. So what the neighbour found was so freaking grim but basically he by the looks of what they kind of uncovered later in autopsy and everything like that he'd killed Nancy his wife on like the Friday night and then he'd like covered her in towels and blankets and I think done a little bit of like la 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 that didn't happen oh god like I think he descended into a very chaotic state in his head where like it's hard to tell really what about the kids did he have a plan did he know what he was doing like and he left her dead upstairs for like two and a half days basically before he did anything else and then he murdered his son what age was his son um, seven Jesus. I know. And like, he gave the son Valium and then reports said that he basically used one of his like patented chokeholds, chokeholds called the cross face. Oh, my God. Uh, It's uh, I mean, I just hopefully the kid was sort of out of it before. Yeah. I mean, it's a shit show, a complete shit show. And then Late on the Sunday, he did himself um, in a horrible manner. Like? Uh, he shows, reports showed that he Googled best way to snap your own neck. Oh, my And he God. basically did it using a lats machine, you know, the, the weights, weights that you pull right. down. Okay, with your so arms. he basically rigged it so that he had a rope around his neck I mean not to describe it but he kind of rigged it so that he could pull the weight down let it go and it would you know fucking hell so he gave himself a really nice instant death <sighs> do you, you die instantly when your neck's snapped? I think it's pretty I not I don't I haven't I mean I don't have any experience <laughs> still here I don't know <laughs> so, so the way if you chop a head off a chicken it can run around for a little while um, yeah but I, I I don't know if you're consciously feeling that if, I think that's you Sure, it has no brain with which to feel those pains. That's just kind of reflexes. It can run around. It's not like, it's not jogging around doing its bits. Anyway, now word was coming out very slowly about what had happened. And initially the World Wrestling Entertainment Group thought that it had been an intruder. So they cancelled the Monday night's big show and instead put on a three hour homage Oh my to God. your man Chris oh Benoit before they before knowing that he was in fact the murderer well how the fuck would rumours and support and reports said that Vince McMahon found out yeah. while the He's show was going out oh everybody my God. didn't know so what to do everybody knew the crippler had lost it they knew he had lost it from your story a long time before he then in fact lost it properly so everybody was I know. I Conspiring don't. in this ridiculous fan. F- this is like yeah, the Michael yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah. shit totally all over. It, it, it is. It totally is. It's, you know, That's all OJ's shocking. in the Hall of Fame. You know, like, it's what do we forgive these 
great men. What? Quote unquote, do we great men. Them? How bad everything, do you have to literally be? Literally everything. That's what we like can That's see unbelievable. From this. That's shocking. So, uh, I mean, now they have since obviously like, you know, oh, we've distanced made, yeah. themselves massively, especially because Not before cashing in. Autopsies assholes. on Chris Benoit revealed that his brain was comparable to the brain of an 85 year old Alzheimer's patient. Jesus. Does that mean he was now, had Alzheimer's or dementia? No, but I think it, it means that the brain was so degenerated much. so unrecognizably that it was like that would be the kind of equivalent you could draw. You can't help. If that was the case, you cannot help. But no, or everybody fucking knew. You're trying to tell me they didn't know that he was not functioning on all cylinders? I it think was just in everyone's no, benefit? No, because they definitely, yeah, you're right. They'd seen him struggle. It's hard to say if they'd made any interventions with him on his psychological issues. Um, yeah, no. And also, I suppose we're only starting to really see what repeated concussion can do to a person and their brain. Or mental illness, I think, possibly as well. Like we're all a bit, probably a little, a little bit better. Maybe it's a more open conversation now, whereas back then in the industry, maybe it was just, uh, like just not open for discussion. It was just like, he's having a hard time. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna get through it. Rather than being like, wait a minute, are you okay? I think that as well, it's like a very male industry. Mm. I'd say there was definitely, you know, I suppose just the kind of uh, taboo of of showing weakness and things mm. like that. And uh, I think with the kind of like, say, the Alzheimer's patient comparison and stuff like that, like some of that to me, I'm going like, is that where... You know, anyone who's known anyone with that illness, like there's periods of lucidity and there is then utter chaos. Like, and you cannot predict. The, the person's very unpredictable. And Alzheimer's um, sufferers do have violent outbursts and they can be prone to psychosis. And the paranoia. And the paranoia. All of that rang massively true to me because mm-hmm. I've seen somebody go through it. Absolutely. And we had, you know, not not a similar weekend. <laughs> TG. <laughs> But, you know, like I saw my dad lose it and, you know, and there has been cases of um, Alzheimer's patients in care homes attacking fellow patients, things like that. Like it's chaos in their minds. So and it's, a, it's funny when you're saying about the lucidity yeah, element. Yeah. If you weren't like this guy, he didn't have that diagnosis and you there were flashes of sort of normality, quote unquote, that would... I mean, it's worse in a way because it's it's a it's, it's opening terrifying. Yeah. Imagine like that's what I keep picturing is like, was he kind of coming to yeah, at points presumably. over that weekend and being like, oh my what, god, yeah, what what has happened? What's happening? Like, which is really scary. And I don't say that to be sympathetic to mm. him, but I am like, oh god. It just seems like such a kind of weird thing that snowballed or I don't know. It it did feel a bit premeditated in that with, say, Nancy, the wife's murder, he did tie her up before he killed her. And so that it's, to me speaks like to premeditation yeah. and a kind of an intent as opposed to and I'm not excusing either of these things, but as opposed to something getting out of hand. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's really, really, really That's weird. A funny story. Yeah, yeah. So what year? And that there was, was lots of conspiracy theories afterwards. 
um, like it seemed to really attract a lot of people. Well, if you think about the storyline that went previous to this event, it sort of lent. I mean, like the audience, kind the of audience felt they knew almost, what was happening. Yeah, that's when in it. fact they did because the storyline just so happened to have been real. So yeah. there was there's presumably this whole gang of. There's a gang of people who sort are highly imaginative. Informed, yeah. Accidentally as well. Yeah. Having an input or feeling like they... Like there's storylines on... Um, what's that website? Is it God, uh, Godlike Plans? You know that? It's a big conspiracy theory forum. And uh, like there's one lad who'd somehow managed to work it around to being... Oh, the Jews. Absolutely the Jews. Jews. I mean, bizarre. Ooh. There's just always one, isn't there? So weird. Uh, so weird. There was other... Um, yeah, there was definitely conspiracies about this. Like, for example, you being like Vince McMahon. Fucking new. Yeah. Um, because on the Saturday night... Um, somebody changed the Wikipedia entry for Chris Benoit to reflect that Nancy was dead. And that's on the Saturday, on the Saturday night. But hold on, this happened on the Sun. No, when did this happen? So the story, like, so basically she was killed on Friday. Yeah. Sto- like Daniel on Saturday into Sunday, Chris on Sunday. Okay. And the story didn't come out until like late Monday, Tuesday. So that's what I'm saying. That fueled that theory. Saturday. That somebody on Saturday night amended the Wikipedia page. Mad. And that it was eventually really familiar to me. It was eventually traced to a student, a student, like a 19 year old guy in Sacramento who was like having the lols with pe- different Wikipedia pages. Just a jo- joshing around the place. Totally a coincidence. Wild. But at the same time, his IP address was really close to a world wrestling entertainment uh, building. So there was loads of talk of like they controlled this Sophie, narrative. That was from, a great story. It's a great story. Can Thank I say you. one final thing? Sure. Chris Benoit's uh, Wikipedia page is one of the most disgraceful things I've ever seen in my life. Why? Because it, his crime is like a footnote and the entire thing is his incredible career. career. That's fucking bizarre. I think that's the biggest Um, creep of all. Well, thank you for staying with me there, guys. Wait, someone else has just entered the studio. Welcome, (laughs) Shauna. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Um, Myself and my mom are huge fans. Like my mom, I think, loves you guys more than I do. I thought you were going to say more than she loves you. And I was like, my mom loves just about anyone. But I, so I recommended you guys to her and then I did didn't hear from her for a long time, so I was like, okay, she obviously listened to Mr. Hands and went away <laughs> from the podcast. And then um, she got she got back to me about like a month ago and was like, oh, I love those girls. I think they're fabulous. If they ever, I because she had heard an episode where you guys were like talking about doing live shows, and she was like, if they ever do a live show in Seattle, they can come stay with me. Oh, I was about to say, where in the world is your mom? Because Boom. if it's somewhere Seattle. cool and Seattle, oh, Seattle is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. And she has a massive sewing room if you guys like. <gasps> we can, can craft. Do, you can craft. Craftgasm. So her thing at the moment, <laughs> like her big overarching thing is quilting. So like we do Ooh. quilting together. 
beautiful. Um, but at the moment, she's like painting rocks. This is like a thing. That's that, not like, a thing. It's you totally need, a that's thing. That's something you, that requires an intervention. <laughs> I've so, seen it. It's really no, intricate it's, paintings, like they isn't do, it? And they, they do, do painting, the microphone. Yeah, yeah. So they paint rocks, and then she hides them like in the forest for kids to find. She sounds oh. like a listener. <laughs> she really does. She does. <laughs> Amazing. What's her name? Uh, she didn't want me to say it. Oh, Hi, Shauna's mom. Hi, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she'll definitely she listen to this like, episode. I hope so. The most distinct name of all time. No, but she's <laughs> just like, I couldn't just possibly risk Gertrude it. Gertrude O. Sex Shopper. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what did you bring okay, okay, for? Okay. No, I so meant, I like, not did you bring for us. I meant creepwise. But look at these gifts. So, okay, so the idea originally that I said to Cassie was like, I was going to bring oh. stuff that would, that we oh. could like associate with different characters. So nice. condoms, okay, lawn so chair Larry. Lawn chair Larry. Oh, balloons. Oh, yay. Yay. And you then I couldn't think of those. anything past the balloons. <laughs> Cassie's donated these to you. Um, You're fucking up the dump, so yes. these are only Sophie for me. needs those more uh, than anyone else. No, no, else. we're getting a vasectomy this year. No more risks. The, okay. The Jen O'Dwyer arse plugs. Arse plugs. This is what divine. they look like. No. And then like a little bullet vibrator. This arse plug looks Ooh. like a 99. I'll just slide this Kind of an ice cream. It has that kind oh, of twisted yeah. entry I thinking, effect. I was thinking unicorn horn. Or unicorn. Is, uh, no. Who has the spiral penis? The ducks. Uh, yes. ducks. Lots of animals. Pigs have spiral dick too. I was watching the other day on a pornography website um, this giant dildo that spurted what is supposedly horse cum like it wasn't horse cum but it was like a liquid thing yeah, yeah this yeah. is like a thing I didn't you know that's a thing that people are doing now um, have you seen the ovipositor no please tell me more <laughs> um, well if you ever had a fantasy about being impregnated by an alien the ovipositor is for you spill did I see this on your story were you talking probably. about probably I love talking about the ovipositor it, yeah it looks like um a giant insect penis and you put you like you have um like a gelatin mold for like six eggs and you make them out of like gelatin and then you load up the ovipositor Ooh. fuck yourself with it and Ooh. squeeze the alien you eggs inside you yourself. oh my god so inside and do they the gelatin eggs yeah it's just gelatin they like, just dissolve yeah, yeah, inside yeah. you yeah it's it's really like, they don't, like morph and then come out as a no, could you no, put no. something in the center and then <laughs> build the gelatin egg around yeah and that would add a bit I'm sure they couldn't do it but I mean you could kind of DIY affect it yeah probably so you know if you're doing this what I love about those kind of things is like for the weird shit that's filmed that's a different thing I mm. love the idea that someone you may, you know such a sex education the girl in it, it's like penis octopus girl in sex education yeah I love the idea that she's like just on her own in this fantasy, do you know? I love yeah. the idea. It's not performative. It's just, and it's, I love that that like there was enough there for that person to get well, that into production. What I love <laughs> about the ovipositor is like it has opened up people's like imaginations over kink. So like at first it was a very very niche toy, and now there's just like reams and reams of like ovipositor like fanfic hey, stuff. Get the yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, out yeah. of here! Really? Like, like people like seeing the toy being like oh maybe I am turned on by that and then going and getting it <laughs> what does the suppositor section look like like the is it like a big kind of phallic floppy yeah thing can we can we get a picture of it sure um, spell it um, I, I think it's O-V-I O-V-I or O-V-A and then like positor P-O-S-I-T-E-R, P-O-S-I-T-E-R. this oh, is so cute here so we go here cute. we go 
Oh, sorry. So the ovipositor, I think, is a word in its se- uh, ovipositor is a yeah. tube-like organ used by some animals for laying eggs. So this is interesting. So, so uh, it is in based insects, on actual... Yeah, the ovipositor yeah. consists of a maximum of three pairs of appendages. Oh uh, my goodness. The details and morphology of the ovipositor vary, but typically it's formed, it's, an adapt- it's adapted to function as tra- uh, transmitting the egg, preparing it for, uh, preparing a place for it and placing it properly. So that's the kind of three movements through. Yeah, so interesting. Toy. And the toy looks like... The toy looks like it those looks volcanoes like you have to make in second year geography. Yeah. Say, I say it looks like a fourth class volcano project. I like it. But in I just insects. like, I love... Made of FEMA. A fun, like, fantastical, harmless kink. Mm. So gas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, it is so refreshing. Yeah. For a bit of whimsy, just oh, to for break this. up all the, like... Oh, I suppose, horrific. Yeah. So, do you guys follow Dildo Nightmares? No, no. Oh. That sounds amazing. Oh, it is like the ultimate, like, creepy, yeah. So they take, like, all of, like, photos of, like, all of the, like, the really, really horrific, like, serial killer sex toy shit. Yeah. Like, there's one, um, there's one particular brand of toy that I won't name here, um, but I'm sure you could, you could Google it, that do stuff, like, they'll have, like, it looks like a, a a severed foot with like a vagina in the middle of it. Fucking or hilarious. Or like a fucking sternum with like massive tits and, and like a vagina. a vagina in the sternum. Yeah. So like that like, kind of shit. Hilarious. Yeah. But it's so like speed. It's in, if I interpreted that to be the most male quickest way to finish product. Yeah. Like stuff all the sexy things into an one thing that I can fuck between my hands. <laughs> oh my god. Do you know what I mean? Totally. It's just like, and they don't talk. There's an, of course, yeah. there's no like face or there's no. It's just like a quick finish pop product. Yeah. It's ma- it's amazing, really. In a but sense. it's like it's it, like I I'm. I love the ovipositor. I don't know what it is. Like, I love the well, ovipositor. It's just hate like, this shit. So and I think it's like, it's because it's like, it's all the parts of me. But like you said, like, just yeah. a quick finish. They don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Like, they don't want to, absolutely not. And it's just kind of like this, a woman boiled down to our essentials. Yeah. And it's I, just, I love do you know it. what is so fun though? So I'm on uh, Dildo Nightmares. I'm just going to give the old follow. And literally like the ninth picture is, um, Jen's uh, testicle mask. Oh, yes. That's, oh, uh, you have that. That's my Halloween costume masks. Bolchinian. <laughs> Bolchinian, that's now, it. So grasshoppers, ha- so I'm just reading this. This is the thing. Yeah. So they use it to stuff their kind of, so they'll, they'll jam. No, no, this is for laying and depositing eggs. They'll jam it into a piece of bark or under the soil. And uh, that's what gets the eggs down there. Cool. But that's all part of the <laughs> alien insect. I mean, that's yeah. all us sort of looking I outside. Feel. Would you like to fuck an alien? Oh, no. Like, has um, anyone ever seen Splice? Yeah, yeah. That gave me lots of confusing feelings. What about the, what about the fish? Sexy alien. Sexy, vicious alien mm-hmm. with Adrian Brody. Yeah. And she's kind of like, you know, she's gender fluid. Yeah. Sort of. I'm trying to think if there was any other, like, sexy aliens that I could point to. Avatar. Well, nah. species. Sorry, Avatar that's white. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen species. Yeah. See, the thing with that is like she's quite like female. Nobody so understands kind of, me here, Jen. You know, yeah. you want something with more like I don't know. I more think parts going on. Yeah, I think like part of it is like the idea that there could be like new interesting sexy organs plus the idea of like zero emotional attachment because aliens don't have emotions. <laughs> Drended. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like Splice's oh, biggest fan, and I never find anyone I can speak to about it. <laughs> Speaking I, of emotions, right? You 
says Jen as she picks up the book. The you supply yeah. what you could argue are sort of emotion blocking device in a sense, <laughs> sort of it, kind of cock blocking intimacy. Literally, I don't, I don't think so at all. Well, I think it's I think it's the opposite. Do you, yeah. to, 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 yeah. to increase intimacy? I, I guess yeah. what, I'm t- what I'm trying to say here is sort of in a masturbatory way, in yeah. a sort of solo. But it doesn't have to but be. But it doesn't solo. have to be solo. It doesn't but, have to be solo. Yeah. Well, I definitely feel also, like men have like a weird attitude sometimes to toys. Do you think that? I think there's a stigma towards men having toys because, like, typically. Toys like, are quite phallic. You've given us a mini uh, uh, the vibrator. Oh yeah, sheath. comes with really some dust pack. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cute. Well, so it's probably just before we go, and we're reviewing these other things. You supply all body safe sex toys. Yeah, so, so that's all the really products important. that I stock um, are made from body safe materials. Because other creepy thing about sex toys is that the industry is largely unregulated. Mm. So you can make a sex toy out of any old shite, and it's perfectly legal to do so. And stick it inside you. And stick it inside you. Or like lay stuff inside you yeah. made, uh, like, made of any old things? shit yeah. <laughs> I love it what was it called again over over positive yeah, just don't the make positive part like yeah. who what fucking branding team came up with that that's amazing it's no like, it's an existing um, like it sounds like suppository it sure, sounds yeah. like deposit but it's literal it's, it's a bank it's an yeah. egg bank no yeah. like why not call it like the egg spewer or you know <laughs> I think because so of I'm going to fuck an egg into you like, the egg spewer reminds me I of like the, the way you have to load it then fuck it and yeah. then you're done there's a, a lot of work involved yeah <laughs> uh, that's fascinating. So you you're probably on the precipice of sort of you're seeing. Tre- I guess how how trend di- driven is this this kind of yeah. market? Um, sort of. It's one of the few things that I feel kind of. Uh, uh, <laughs> contradictory about because like when I first started I was like oh fuck like the industry is super unregulated we need tons of regulation but then the more I started like learning about it it's like it's the one area that I'm like the market will sort this out and I am not that person mm-hmm. but but basically um, you have all of these like small independent like silicone manufacturers and um, like makers like little mom and pop shops like for example there is a bunch of gals out in Spain there's a couple in England and they do like handmade hand poured silicone toys that are beautiful I'm watching th- those dildos on your uh, so like like the you ones say, being poured, poured yeah, and yeah. then you're putting like hearts and yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. So that's oh, just the little like glittery heart ones. They are that, and the commemorative. So what was it? The the tricolor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was made. That was made by the gals out in Spain. Um, Chucky our orgasm. <laughs> yeah. Is that really Chucky what it's our called? Own. Or did you make that Chucky up? Chucky our own. Oh, that's so Yeah, good. I did that for the centenary of the 1916 Easter Rising. And then you fucking found the world's oldest dildo. I oh I no I, it wasn't the world's story. oldest dildo but it was a very a very old dildo ivory dildo ivory dildo fucking amazing yeah where did it end up in the um in my office I'm you still, still have it. I still have it I like. I was talking to the National Museum about getting it, like having them take it on. Mm. Um, but the gal who's in charge of collections is in the middle of doing their big centenary um, exhibition. So she's like, give me a bell in February. So Fucking I need to like give this her. This should be on top of the list of, of important <laughs> things. Listen, for, for listeners who actually don't know the backstory of this, basically you discovered that the dildo was up for auction. Yeah, okay. So... 
way, way back. We're talking 2017. Um, uh, there was a dildo that went up for auction, this like Victorian ivory dildo. And the day that it went up for auction, I was heading off to Ibiza, so I couldn't bid on it. And I it, it was reported in the Irish Times that it went for like 320000 anyway. So I was like, there's no way that I'd be able to get a mortgage to buy this dildo yeah, anyway. Yeah. So that's a high high end that's vintage a funny dildo. Well, yeah. the Irish Times misreported it. It actually sold for 3200 And then oh. I was like, I could have scraped together 3200 Like, I'm yeah. sure people would have like bid on that. Like, help me got, got, yeah. get that. So I was raging and it went to an American like private collector. I'm like, that. <laughs> That's it. We're never going to see that dildo again. again. It's going to be stuffed up straight, his arse for the rest of time. And yeah. that's it. And I was just like, I was devastated because like, it's such a, um, a unique piece of like Irish history. Um, Sorry, it was uh, Irish. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously the tusk wasn't. So the story behind it, um, which I found out later from the auctioneer, was that it was a a gentleman landowner in like the mid 1800s, um, went off to do his grand tour in like India and got a tusk and brought it back. And then like 30 or 40 years later, he was like sent off to like, quote unquote, fight in the Boxer Rebellion. But let's be real. He was a rich fucker. There was no... He, and he brought the tusk with him um, and got it carved into this dildo to send back to his wife in case he never made it back alive. Fascinating. And so yeah. where was he that so it was carved? Bringing it. China. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, there's a lot of air miles on this dildo. Yeah. 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 Well, boat miles. Um, and <laughs> I, God, I fucking should have brought it in. It is beautiful. It is absolutely and it's beautiful. Called, it, it's in a presentation. Was that its, it's original the, box? So the box is Irish as well. The box was made after it was like sent over. So the wife was like, this dildo is so beautiful. It must have like a display case. Wow. So it's like a wooden mahogany box with like a gl- beveled glass top to it so you can like look it kind of like reminds me of like Snow White's coffin yes yeah. we'll put it on our Insta yeah it's How really big is it? cool it's the like box is big. it's about a foot long it's about a foot so he, like he was, 10, 10 inches to 12 inches it's so he was being generous he was yeah. being very generous <laughs> yeah but there's like well, you she can was see. a lucky woman though like he was yeah. very thoughtful very thoughtful and maybe he had a really big dick too sure also just to add to the creepiness there's like a compartment at the base of yeah, it yeah I saw that to Ooh. store a lock of his hair because Victorians were big into their like morning Body. jewelry and stuff yes. so they would they would clip a lock of hair it was just something that you would give to someone you love or if someone died it's something like very tangible Favorite. that you can keep of theirs yeah. so there's the compartment and then there's like a little love heart um, engraved on the base so she could like rest her thumb there over the compartment with the lock of hair absolutely fascinating it's totally just very magic sort of a thing and what's the kind of girth like Girth is, yeah, I'd say about like. Uh, Let's get granular. Inch and a h- half in in diameter, I'd say. Like, like, do you think a bit for, wider than your your? So knitting, for the time, <laughs> was this a pretty outrageous item, or how was it? How would have been? I have no idea. Like from what I've read about like ivory carving, this like was a big like tourist thing. Yes. That you could like bring a bit of ivory to these like master craftsmen master craftsmen yeah. in China and they would just make you whatever you wanted um, uh, yeah. Chinese do you think he sat for it like a portrait <laughs> 
Like imagine the commitment of like I'm going to maintain this erection for yeah. uh, ten hours while this person whittles a tusk. <laughs> but the Chinese, but we know that very... the Victorians were very whimsical with their sexual tastes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and like, the Chinese massively. I so. love that Victorian kind of porn has such a fun buzz to it. Yeah, like do you know the way all the ladies are just like, Woo-hoo! like they just all have that kind of expression that feels like they're having fun. I don't know. know. I just, it's I cheeky. It's, the it's sm- cheeky. The totally. smell of the Victorian times just generally makes it's a bit off putting. Yeah. And then the combination with Have the juice. Have you juices. ever read Perfume? Yes. It is really visceral. I saw the film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's but like, that's the Victorian times. I mean, yeah. that, that was it. You never change your clothes, ever. You There was always shit on your underskirt. I mean, then you're just adding a layer yeah. of cum and vaginal juice. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not pleasant. And then, like, it might be okay if you're stationary. And the smell is sort of calcified, but you start moving <laughs> around a bit, and it's going to release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to release unctuous. Yeah. Long story short, um, the the dildo came back up for auction because apparently you can't import ivory into the states, ah. so the guy had to put it back up for auction. How much did you get it for? Uh, six hundred and twenty. I crowdfunded. Crowdfunded. That's it. You raised it so fast. I raised it. So I raised fifteen hundred euros in ninety minutes. Wow. wow. So. So it was. It became like a big like community. Because thing. It, it was patriotic. Yeah, she she was, was bringing it home. Yeah, I love uh, it. Home to my office. <laughs> <laughs> but your man got screwed. Not huh? literally. But then literally. Okay, yeah. you've got a creep. Okay. I'm excited. I've got a. I've got a creep. I couldn't. The, uh, so this was the the best uh, clickbait headline that I could come up with. And it's not even that great. Um, Marguerite Alabert, the murderous blackmailing royal mistress that is great i headline. love it <laughs> so marguerite alabert was born in 1890 to Furman, a cab driver and marie a housekeeper um she had two siblings a sister who was like a little bit younger than her and then like a much younger brother um they were working class but um her parents worked in like a really wealthy area of Paris so the kids were sort of set up for success like they were put into to kind of like fancy people extracurriculars horseback riding they were like attending theater the whole time learning music and stuff like they really wanted fancy people extracurriculars (laughs) (laughs) hawking (laughs) um but like for like for the time anyway and especially like in Paris and stuff and like her parents because they were so you know, poor-ish, poor adjacent, they really wanted their daughters to have, like, advantageous marriages. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of, like, taught from a very, like, young age. Like, we're going to get you married up and, like... This is what this is all in aid of. Yeah, yeah, We're going to put you in the way of some good suitors. Exactly. So when she was a teenager, however, tragedy struck. She was minding her brother, her four-year-old brother, um, and while she was minding him, he was hit and killed by a lorry. Oh, was there lorries back then? Are we in the 1800s? We're, so we're in like early 1900s. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so there was a lorry, but somebody who'd only been driving for about 10, mi- 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, her grief-stricken parents blamed her for her brother's death. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. No. And sent her away to live with the nuns. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, and the nuns were absolutely brutal to her. Like, they beat her and reminded her on a daily basis that her brother was dead because of her sins. Oh my god. But she did like... Nuns are such a 
special breed of bitch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shout out to any nuns listening. <laughs> so, so I read maybe three or four different articles. There were some that had like that focused on like certain elements of the story. There was one that I found that kind of focused a little bit on um, on her upbringing in like the nuns' care. Yeah, and it was kind of just. Um, talked about that like she took what she could from the nuns like they gave her somewhat of an education they taught her how to sing um but they were just awful to her um and eventually she escaped when they they set the nuns like put her in the the care of like a family but she was basically like just a servant and became like a housekeeper for this family um like live-in servant but not long after she arrived in this in this family's care she was discovered to be pregnant um, and promptly kicked out of the house. And when, so she moved. Oh, yeah, because like no one else would be involved in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Just a magical little baby yeah. appears. Yeah. So, um, so she moved back home to live with her parents um, and made up all these stories about like who the father was. Like it was a, a friend of hers that went off to fight in the war. It was some like rich fella. But like, let's be real. If she's like a live-in servant for a family, it was probably the, the dad. Yeah. 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 Um, Predictable. So- so she had a pre-Jude Law. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So she had a a daughter named Raymond, um, but because her family weren't able to take care of the baby, she was sent off to live on a farm, not a baby farm, just a farm. <laughs> oh my God. The poor baby. Yeah. The poor poor Mar- Mar- Marguerite. Marguerite's baby Raymond. Oh. So yeah. So she. Such vicious times back then. Wasn't oh my it? God. It was like oh, you just had this baby oh yeah we'll just wrench that from you yeah fucking hell um yeah if you had no money there was no way you were gonna take care of a kid just so 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 sad but she so she was determined to make enough money herself to like get her daughter back that became her her like life's goal so she started a career as a sex worker in paris because that was kind of she she was a quote unquote fallen woman so that was like all she could really do she's not going to get a job anywhere else so she became a sex worker and she always had dreams of like living in high society because that was what she was taught from a young age like you work your way up you climb that social ladder um so she was determined to sleep her way to the top um while she was singing in a nightclub, because she kind of like moonlighted as a nightclub singer, um, she caught the attention of Madame Denart. I don't speak French, so I don't know. Denart. That's um, right. Go with it. Yeah. Um, she was singing in a nightclub. She took Marguerite under her wing and taught her how to become a high class courtesan. Um, she was so good at her job that she was soon seeing Madame Denard's best clients, like the super wealthy um, and like powerful like politicians and stuff all over like France and England and America. Like people loved Marguerite because she was very like small and petite and like very like charming. She she wasn't afraid to like yeah. speak her mind. Um and she had very like um her speech was very like she was like, refined, she was, she was refined because of her early years. Her fancy people extracurriculars. Exactly. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Um 
she became the mistress of a very wealthy businessman, Andre Meller. And although they weren't married, she took his name. So she went oh. by Maggie Meller, Meller for like years after. Um, and after they broke up, she kept his name. Um, and the 200,000 francs she received in a breakup settlement, they oh, weren't even married. Wow. Amazing. And I she love. was like, give me that money. <laughs> so by the time she was in her late 20s, she was well-established on the scene, um, was specifically requested either for Prince Edward or, like, by Prince Edward. It was, like, it was one of those things that, like, he couldn't be seen requesting a prostitute. So he had to have, like, mutual friends of theirs. Arrange it. Make an introduction. Yeah. Like Hollywood A-listers and their publicists. Exactly. Yeah, For their sham marriages, I presume. Yeah. Um, And what about Raymond? Did she go and get her? So we'll we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Also, can I ask, was, like... She kind of going to like big events on the arm of these guys yeah. and kind of and then like because like having them sort of because as like well. having a mistress in Paris was not a big thing like yeah. at all. It was just yeah. like it was just yeah. really an accessory. Well. What like, did they yeah. call it? It's still a thing, isn't it? They have their like afternoon girlfriends that it's quite a common practice that businessmen will have a mistress from the hours of like five to seven and then they go home to their families. Oh. Yeah, I, re- that I came across really? that in a, in a creep research. Cool. Creep search. Creep, creep search. search. Okay. So so she's kind of like hobnobbing with like these super wealthy people. Prince Edward, who um, you may remember from history, abdicated from the throne because like mad into his like Nazi girlfriend, divorcee, Wall Simpson. Um <laughs> And uh, anyway, so this is back when he was 23. He had lost his virginity to a previous sex worker, but his friends are like, he's shit in bed. We need to like train, we need, we need someone to, to train him up. need to bone up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> <laughs> and who better to teach him than like one of the most famous courtesans in all of Paris. Oh. So she's like in her, her late 20s, he's in his early 20s, and he becomes obsessed with her, like really, really infatuated with with. Mar- Marguerite, and they have a relationship kind of like undercover, like on the DL relationship for about a year and a half. Um, and he's sending her like all sorts of fucking like dirty letters, kind of, mm. um, yeah, 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 kind of James Joyce in it up with the dirty yeah. letters. But this has got to be pre-Wallace, yeah? This is I pre-Wallace. Like Wallace would not fucking tolerate. No, no, no. But um, so there's a guy who wrote a book about this and he makes comparisons to her, to Wallace, the type of women that, that Edward went for were like really like fierce, dominating women. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so he kind of like alluded to the fact that she might have been like a dominatrix. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously she kind of set a template for his kind of like predilections. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's sending her all these dirty letters, um, which also contained private information about like how the war was going <laughs> and like talking shite about his dad. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. So eventually. And his brother, Colin Firth. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually the affair sort of like fizzled out. He kind Kind of became obsessed with a married woman, um, but the, like this is how like sort of controversial it was for him to be like in a relationship with a sex worker. That they the royal family was just like happy that he wasn't that he was going after a married woman. Not not this, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like they really did not like her, um, and then. 
so the the affair like fizzled out um and then after world war one ended marguerite finally got her beloved daughter back but no sooner had she hung her coat up she shipped her daughter off to a boarding school in london oh, <laughs> oh i like her more and more but is, is she buying into this whole that her daughter needs to marry up so she's putting her in institutions yeah, where probably, she's going yeah 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 um, she like she's doing. Like she's operating inside a shit system. I yeah. Guess. yeah, but yeah, also yeah. she hardly wants to have your daughter around as you operate as a, as a sex worker. Yeah, I mean, like presumably there's some conflict there. Yeah. Well, I mean, she also she loved to party, which we'll yeah. we'll get into like in, in a bit. But yeah, that was like her. She loved like partying and like drinking and just like hanging out and yeah, she she was mad bitch. Um, after like a year after her affair with Prince Edward, she married a very wealthy hotelier, Charles Laurent. Um, however, the marriage was short lived as he wanted a wifey, and she was a bad bitch who wanted to party and fuck and like live a very hedonistic lifestyle. And he was just like, I can't, I can't be dealing with this. And she was like, Well, the whole life chose me. I didn't choose the whole life. <laughs> um, but don't for one second think, think that you're not gonna pay me off. Yeah, yeah. She was making those money moves. Um, she got a massive divorce settlement. She got a house, stable full of horses, um, fox tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A driver and two limousines. Oh she my was God. like Aunt Polly and Peaky Blinders. Like <laughs> she was living that fucking life. Um, she was dating loads of wealthy men who were taking her on holidays all over the world. Like, um, and one one. On one of one such holiday, she, so she was currently like with this like super wealthy businessman, um, and he took her to Egypt on holiday. And like while on holidays with her boyfriend, she like makes eye contact with a very very wealthy Egyptian <laughs> man named Ali Fami Bey, um, whose family worked in the cotton trade. He and um, he was raking in an equivalent of like two million a year. Oh my god! So she was like. <laughs> I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, she coupled up with him. Very, like, Love Island. Like, in the, on the holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, and, and he was, like, he was known in kind of, like, Parisian high society. Like, he kind of, like, went back and forth between Paris and Cairo. And um, although um, Bay just meant, like, governor or lord, uh, white people are super dumb and just assumed that it meant prince. And so yeah. they they kind of, like, self-styled themselves as, like, prince and princess fami like when they got like together um so they were they were soon kind of like the couple de jour of like yeah. the parisian like high society um he eventually proposes to marguerite and asked her to move back to cairo with him um and she agreed but only if she could get that prenup Oh. <laughs> so she put two provisos in the contract that she could continue to wear her Western clothes um, and that she could divorce him at any time. Any moment. And he was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then two days before the wedding, he threw out those clauses and then added in his own that he could have multiple wives. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, no. Shit. Yeah. So she, like, heads off to Cairo, um, gets married. There's this um, photo of her, like, wearing, like, Egyptian attire. Um, They were, like, deeply, deeply unhappy. Um, They fought all the time. I mean, like, I suppose, like, if you're getting a prenup and he's, like, throwing out all of your clauses like you're not going to be happy Um, do you think she'd have had another little quick check though of the prenup yeah the the day of the wedding even just to just make sure yeah she (laughs) like does she not have to 
initial any amendments he makes. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This sounds like a very flimsy contract. Mm. Yeah. Um, she reported that he was like physically abusive and violent to- towards her. Um, but we'll get into there's a lot of like conflicting reports. Like a lot of the articles that I read about her and him, it, there was a lot of like racism and mis- like towards him and like misogyny towards her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's kind of you kind of have to take all of this like with a grain of salt. But Either way, like, everyone knew that they were, like, deeply unhappy. They, like, their neighbors would hear them rowing, like, three doors down kind of thing. Um, and like her, yeah, like her previous husband, Fami wanted her to, like, be, like, a good, modest wifey. And she was just like, no, I want to I fucking party. That's, like, that's what I do. You knew this going yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red the you fucking prenup. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maintain whole life. Yeah. <laughs> So then in 1923, Marguerite convinced her husband to take a holiday with her to London um, because she was just like, look, we're fighting all the time. We just need a break. Um, Let's let's go to London. We'll go to the opera. Um, They stayed in the Savoy where they went to go see a show in the West End, which will become very relevant in a a minute. Um, By the time they got back to their hotel at 1.30 a.m., they were both drunk and rowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then around 2.30 a.m., hotel porters heard three gunshots and (gasps) ran into the suite to find um, Ali Fami lying on the ground, blood pooling from his head and Marguerite dropping a pistol on the floor. Oh my god. The show they went to go see... Annie, get your gun. No. The Merry Widow. Oh. <laughs> um, and then there's, again, like, different reports from different articles. There was, like, one where I read um, that she was freaking out and screaming. And then another one that said that like, she was perfectly calm, just yeah. dropped the pistol and was like, they're never going to get me kind of thing. Um, so I don't know, like, which one to believe. Um, and then, so he didn't die in the hotel room. They got him to a hospital. He had three gunshot wounds to the head and he Jesus. died in the hospital. Yeah. Um, And then before she was arrested, though, she made a phone call to the palace. Oh. And reminded them of the stack of letters that she had from from Edward that she had kept all those years. Her insurance. Yeah. So she um, ended up with the best defense team in Britain provided by the royal family. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um, Who made a self-defense claim for Marguerite um, that, like, obviously, like, very much played into the racism against her Egyptian husband. Um, And she got off and continued the gold digging till late in life and, like died of old Absolutely age and then this nice. this didn't come to light until like after she died her her son her like one of her kids like was going through her diaries and was like holy shit oh my god imagine no discovering way. that so there so the guy who wrote the the book on this whole thing his name is andrew rose the book is called the prince the princess and the perfect murder <gasps> i really would be interested to read this because the article that was uh, um wrote by him or someone that was like promoting promoting the book um, really has a distaste for her, like really super kind of like sexist saying like she was full of guile and she seduced these men and like tricked them into marrying her and stuff. And this like, feels like it just, it feels like it should be Catherine Zeta-Jones playing this. In I some know. Sense. I'm right. like, why yeah. haven't we seen the, this film yet? I'm this thinking, is the sequel to The King's Speech. I'm thinking mm. Ava Green. Well, the, sorry, mm. it's the prequel actually. Yeah, I'll show you. Um, Ava Green, I love her for this. Yeah, she's yes. got those bright, piercing eyes. Um, let me see if I can find the photo of her. So this is this is her. 
Oh, wow. So she's very like me. Stunningly beautiful. Stunning. Yeah, she is beautiful. <laughs> and that was actually when the, the madam in, in Paris who found her in the nightclub basically pulled her aside and was like, you are too beautiful to be doing this. You've got potential. You've got potential, yeah. kid. And I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. Um, yeah, and that kind of became the madam's like claim to fame. She was just like, I taught this bitch everything I, I know. invented Marguerite. Yeah. Sorry, I'm finding it hard to say her name. Is it Marguerite? Marguerite, yeah. Oh, right. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, but she went by like Maggie Meller mm, or, or Princess Fami. So after she and did, killed, she live out her days in England. Then um, I think kind of between like England and Paris. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's so, kind of trashing around. So there Europe. was like again, like in the different like arguing or conflicting reports. Like some say that like when the hotel porters came in after she like killed her husband, she was like speaking to the hotel porters and saying like. I did it. Let them let them come and get me or whatever, like whatever. Yeah. But, but then other ones, it's like she was freaking out and screaming because she didn't speak a word of English. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That is, is that such likely a though? Story. Having had a relationship with Prince Edward. Oh yeah, possibly. Well, I mean, he would have spoken French. He oh, was he I was suppose. in he was in Paris on leave with his mates, like total like Benidorm of like World <laughs> War One. Oh yeah, so, amazing. That is a fantastic story, and it's I really would brilliant. lap up that film. That is I know. Yeah. brilliant. Someone make that film. Uh, when is your play going on? Oh, so the the play that I'm producing is next week. It's the 20th and the 21st in Smock Alley. So hey, if you go, Ace, is there tickets left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's brilliant. loads of tickets left. Yeah. Oh, fab. Let's so it's called, seriously plug that. It's called Parts Unknown. Um, if you go to the Smock Alley website, there's like a Seen and Heard tab, um, and then you can just like scroll through all the plays that are on. They're all works in progress. So each play is like 25 to 30 minutes, um, and we're paired up with a, another play called. Cash Point Meat, which I believe is about financial domination. Oh, so, interesting. Oh, interesting. Fun yeah. stuff. Deadly. Yeah. Um, where else can people find you? People can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at sexshopa, all one word, um, S-E-X-S-I-O-P-A. And sexshopa.ie. That's sexshopa.ie. Sexshop in case for our international listeners, of yeah. which we definitely have a lot. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. Thank creep. you so much for having that me. That was joyful. And I'm very excited about all our toys. Yeah. We shall report back. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you, listeners. Follow The Creep Dive at Dive Creep on Twitter, at The Creep Dive on Insta. Consider patronizing us. Patreon.com. There's free extra episodes just creeping behind that paywall. Patreon.com forward slash The Creep Dive. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.